Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Lori, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? This is going to be a very special story. 45 minutes. I'm going to try to keep it to 45 minutes. It might be part two, it might be part one, part two. This is part one. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is a story for all of you who are teachers, coaches, healers, um, really powerful people that know that you've been put on this earth to help others, whether you're a parent, um, somebody who's just giving someone a hug, a smile, you're ready to step out of the darkness and come into the light. You just know there's something inside of you that can help humanity and you're being called to help humanity. This is going to be a story for all of you. It's a story where you're going to understand the magic of receiving and the magic of giving and the intricacies along the way. And most importantly, what you're going to learn in the story is the power of home and how home is in your heart. I had a very powerful introduction for you, and I tried recording this already, but as I can do sometimes, I was going a little bit too long with my story because a lot of times I don't know what I'm going to do until I get on the podcast and um, I just allow it to come through me. This podcast has been percolating inside of me since I hosted my retreat last week with Anna Maria Vasquez and Dr. Stephen Farmer at Joshua Tree. I'm recording this on October 30th, 2023, and it's now 4.44 p.m. And it's been percolating in me since then. And as stories go, the more that you share it with other people, the ahas, the epiphanies, and painful moments, if you have them, the shorter the stories get because you work through them. So... I started this podcast with you guys, started recording it, and I realized it was just, I was just getting to things a little bit longer than I needed to. So I'm going to summarize what I can. And the other thing I want to bring attention to is um, I've been watching some of the reels that we've been doing for my podcast. I am not picking my nose or picking my ears. I tend to scratch my nose a lot. I've been doing it ever since I was a kid. And in Brooklyn, they used to say, oh, you're going to get into a fight. If you scratch your nose. Um, I think I'm really trying to be Tabitha and wiggle my nose and create magic. And I actually can wiggle it on YouTube. They can see I'm trying to wiggle it on my own. Um, my father once offered to fix my nose because he felt it was big, but that's okay. I love my nose. So you can all look at it and say, yeah, it is a little big, whatever you want to say. And then um, I don't pick my ears. It's a lot of times I'm hearing and listening clairaudiently. So I'll stick my finger in my ear and it looks like I'm picking something out. I'm not. I swear I'm not. So um, I just felt like I had to say that because I saw that interview with Michael and there was a reel out there and it looks like I'm sticking my finger up my nose. Sticking, I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. Okay, moving the story along. So we just came back. Uh, I just came back from this doing this retreat, hosting this retreat, retreat, and it was an incredibly magical experience. I don't like Joshua Tree. I will be honest about that. I'm not a desert person. I am woods, trees, rivers, creeks, lakes, ocean type of person. I need greenery. But that in and of itself was a great experience, just being in a place where um, their landscape was something that doesn't really do anything for me, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I know the desert has magic and the place itself actually has a really great energy. So it wasn't depleting. It was actually very energizing in a, in a beautiful way. So before I went, I want to talk about, because you're going to see how this all leads to home, I want to talk about boarding situations. So when I first moved to Marin, as many of you know, I didn't uh, know anybody here. So I had a very, very difficult time finding boarders. Never even thought that that would be an issue because in LA, I had this amazing woman who loved my dog so much. So um, I'm just going to let that be that. Ding! Anyway, 
So um, I interviewed many, 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 many people and they were atrocious, absolutely atrocious. And I was very picky about where my dogs would go. So I hired a dog walker who would also board them. And I really wanted them in somebody's house, not in a boarding facility. So I was going all over the place. And I'm not going to get into all the stories of the horror things that I saw and the people that really didn't care. And they were just taking the money. And I was like, you can get my dogs. So I found this dog walker and he was pretty good. I didn't need a dog walker, but I wanted him to get used to my dogs so that they could board at his house. And um, one time he, they were supposed to board at his house and he didn't really have a great time with Venus. He wasn't. He was a really nice man, but you have to be overly confident with Venus. Venus is actually super sweet. I bring her everywhere with me now. People pet her. She gives kisses. She sits on the tennis court. With, she's not even tied up. She just sits and waits for us to finish tennis. And then on the break, she comes over and says hello to everybody and then goes back to her bed. Like she's a super good dog. Yeah, she's got to be muzzled at the bed if they're like sticking needles in her, but that's okay. You know, don't be sticking needles in me when you're petting me and, and everything will be fine. So I had this guy and I was um, supposed to leave for a trip in two days to meet with E-Network about a TV show for myself, my own TV show. And he came over to walk Venus and I was driving down the hill and he was driving up. Uh, no, I was driving up and he was driving down. He was leaving my house and he pulled me over and he said, I can't take your dogs. She just tried to bite me. And I was like, what are, you, are you kidding me? Like, I have this important meeting. I'm leaving for, in two days. They're flying me out there. And he was like, I'll give you a name. So he gave me this name of this woman. I ran and met with her. Her house was like chaotic with a bunch of dogs. It was like puppies and toys everywhere. And I was like, it'll be fine. She seemed fine. It'll be fine. So I dropped Mike and Venus off and I flew to LA. And that night she's sending me videos of Venus having anxiety. All during the day, she's sending me videos. And I'm like, yeah, you're leaving the house. You're leaving her alone. If I had known you were going to do that, I would have brought her crate. And so she's, I'm like, what do you want me to do? I'm in LA. I have a meeting tomorrow. Like, what am I supposed to do? And Mike is just like hanging out on the couch. Like, what are you doing? Um, so I went to the meeting. She's like, it's fine. I'll deal with it. I'm like, well, then stop sending me videos, you know, deal with it. So the next day I went and had my meeting and I flew home and she was like, I'm never taking your dogs again. And I was like, fine. I'm never leaving my dogs with you again. Like, let's agree on something right here. So I had to find other boarders because I was, had a trip to New York, like two weeks after that to go see my mother. And, um, so the dog walker recommended somebody else. And I met with these people and I was like, oh, you don't like these people. And they friggin' ripped me off, ripped me off, charged me an astronomical amount of money to board my dogs. I gave them the money. I could tell that they were going to take care of the dogs. I didn't feel like they weren't going to take care of the dogs, but I was something about them. I didn't like, and I was between a rock and a hard place. And I've interviewed enough people to know, okay, intuitively, I know they're going to do okay, but they are ripping me off, man, charging me like 400 a night for eat, for the dogs, 350 a night. It was like some astronomical amount, but I had no choice. I was stuck. I was so upset after I wrote them the check that I was driving and I had to pay them way ahead of time. I was driving and I got pulled over for a cop by a cop because I went through a stop sign and I was speeding. Like I was doing like, you know, 35 and a 30 speed thing. And uh, I was crying and the cop was like, all right, I'm just going to give you one ticket. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's the difficulty, right? So this time I knew I had trips coming up and I had to get Mike and Venus used to different boarding facilities because I was the train. Then I found trainers who take them. And then that was becoming difficult. Like we can't take them. I'm pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my goodness. All right. I'm just going to go to the boarding facilities because I talked to everyone. If I need to solve a problem, I talked to everyone.
And so I took them to one boarding facility and I was testing it out and they seemed to do okay, but Micah barked all day and they were like, it's not really working. And then Venus snapped at them when they tried to went in for her collar. And I'm like, something's not right. I had anxiety walking into that place. So I heard about this other facility. I'd been hearing about it for quite some time. I even went to a facility out in Petaluma. I like, I was looking and I went to this other facility and I brought Mike and Venus in and I'm like praying, you know, just let them be good. Let it be good and much calmer, nicer facility. Not that the other one was bad, but this one was just so much nicer. And I went and picked them up and they got a report card, both of them. And it was like, excellent. They did great. And uh, Venus didn't want pets at first. Once she saw that her brother was getting all these pets, she wanted more pets. And I was like, yay. So Micah passed right after that, pretty much right after that. They sent me a card. They all signed it and wrote about him personally. It wasn't just a sign. It was like, oh, he was the sweetest dog. They even like when I called them, they were upset when I went in there. They were like, we're so sorry. We really loved him. And they donated to Shepherd Rescue. Can you imagine? I went there once with him. So I was dropping Venus off, getting her used to the facility. And I had to drop her off for the week. And I felt good about them. I was like, they are really professional and really good. They're an amazing facility. So I dropped Venus off. I had to find a cat sitter at the 12th hour because my cat sitter couldn't come up the hill anymore. She was afraid of the hill. So I found this cat sitter at the 12th hour. She came over. I was like, oh, I freaking love this woman. Amazing. She's like, I'm going to sit in your house for an hour with the cats. I'm like, just feed them and go. She's like, no, they need to be with me. I'm like, okay, I'm still going to pay you the same amount. Just feed them. She's like, no, I want to be. Every day I'm getting videos of the cats. So many videos, I couldn't even watch them. So I knew my cats were taken care of. And I also knew that when I get a puppy, this will now be my dog walker. This will be someone who takes care of my puppy. So I feel my animals are taken care of and I go to Joshua Retreat Center and I'm like, okay, don't really love the desert. And I'm at Joshua Retreat Center and I haven't been live in front of people in physical in many years, probably before COVID. I was going to do a retreat. I was getting ready to do a retreat and uh, COVID happened. And I just love it. I'm so comfortable. It was a little stage. I'm so comfortable on stage. I'm so comfortable in weaving story with lessons. We all facilitated a great retreat. This isn't just about me. The people were amazing. Um, it was just this incredible experience. And I had about seven people from Next Level Living there. And it was so wonderful. I had about two people. I had two people from my own uh, list. I had more than that from my list, but two that I knew very well. And then I had seven of my people from NLL. And then I had other people from my list who had readings with me and I didn't know them. So I got to meet them. And I really wanted to connect with each person. And so the NLL people, they were amazing. Like they were making, I never laughed so hard in my life. Like I don't usually get friendly with students, but this is a different program, Next Level Living. They're very high consciousness. They're all out there doing channeling work and doing different work. So like the first night they were, first day I was there, I went on a hike with some of them and had a great time. And I was also waiting to find out if I was going to get a puppy, which I got the email that I'm most likely going to get a puppy. Woohoo. I'll tell you more soon. And, um, had a great time with them. Normally I don't do that. I don't, um, community, I don't uh, become friendly with my students because, and that's a whole other story I'll tell another time. So then, uh, the first night we were there, they came over to my room cause I had a suite, <laughs> suite. <laughs> we can, we can barely call it a suite. I had an extra room and, uh, we just sat around talking and laughing and just had an incredible, it was so amazing. And I could see the level of bonding, like they bonded so much. They're such good friends with each other. They get along great. So 
I was doing my thing and this is going to teach all of you who want to do this type of work. And I was holding energy for every single person there besides Steven and Anna Maria, they were holding energy for every single person and me. Um, and then we had this beautiful assistant Myra who was holding uh, energy for all of us as well. And by Thursday, Wednesday, I started getting a headache. And by Thursday, I was just not feeling good. I had a headache and I, everything was leaving my stomach. Let's just put it that way. And I knew something was up. And one of the things that was up, and if she listens to my podcast, she might recognize herself. She might not. One person was really pulling on my energy too much. It was way too much for me. And I had to take care of myself and I realized it. And so I went to the room on Thursday and I didn't have to present until that afternoon. So I had some time to just be in Anna Marie and Stephen were like, don't come, just take care of yourself. And I was like, no, I want to be there. And um, I sat down and was just sitting and, and watching things. And this person came over to me and I put my hand up and I said, don't, don't. I'm not feeling well and I can't do this right, right now. And I share that with you because you have to have boundaries. There comes a time when you're a spiritual teacher that people will really pull on your energy and you have to know when to say enough already, no more. And I did. And she left me alone for the rest of the time. She got the hint. And at the very end of the closing circle uh, ceremony, we hugged and kissed. And that was it for me because that kind of energy, that neediness, I don't do well with at all because I don't have needy clients. I don't have needy students. My students are very self-sufficient. My students, I can't even call them students. They want to be called the posse, the possibilities. Because so there's so many stories I want to tell you. We got there, right? And Stephen Pharma has a ton of products. So his table's full of things. It's just beautiful table. Anna Maria brought her a partner with her and he had these beautiful glass blown animals and Anna Maria had a bunch of her books. And then there's my table with like two books on it, a piece of paper and me. And I, I was saying to my NLL students, um, oh my goodness, my table is like empty. And Marianne, who's in Next Level Living, she said, it's the table of possibilities. And I was like, I love that. Thank you. And then I was like, I don't know what to call you guys. They didn't like being called academics. They didn't, I'm like, what do I call you? And she's like, we want to be the posse, the possibilities. And I'm like, okay, you're my posse. So um, that was another like experience of like accepting yourself fully for who you are. Like my table's completely empty. It's bare. Is anybody going to come over? Everybody's over at Steven's table, which I love. We love each other. There was no ego between the three of us. So much so that when we were selling our programs, one woman was going to join my program. And then I checked in with her the next day and she's like, you know what? I really think because she was um, kind of entering the journey, even though it's been on it. She's like, I really entered into plants and everything. She's like, I think I'm going to go to Adam Marie. And I said, good for you. Like we had no ego towards, we, we celebrated each other, which we also facilitated a beautiful retreat because when do you get in front of spiritual teachers that don't compete with each other? And we had no competition and everybody in the room, all the, the people there, the participants were like, wow, there's no ego here. There's no ego between any of you. And I'm like, no, we really love and respect each other. And we all do different things. And we know that whatever best for you, whichever one of us is best for you, or if there's somebody outside of us, that's what's best for you. So the table of possibilities was there. and and empty. I'm going to share one other thing. There's more things I'm going to share with you. I'm going to share the whole thing. But one of the things I realized on this trip, and I've known this about myself, but it became amplified is how sensitive I am to energy. I am so sensitive to space and to people and to energy, period. I am sensitive to bottles. I'm as sensitive to anything. 
I am so energy sensitive, but not to a place I'm very, look at me, I'm playing tennis. I'm like out. I talk to people. I'm like, I don't shy away from my energy sensitivities. I know some of you can't even be like around people and you've got to learn. I feel like you got to learn how to do it because you have to live. What next level living does is we bridge the spiritual with the physical, how to bring the spiritual into your physical body and walk this earth with your power. And that's not an ego statement. Everybody's powerful. So when I went into the room, I was like, holy mackerel, way too many freaking ghosts. And I forgot to shut down the room because I was so busy. I usually start shutting down the room like two weeks before I go to, the, to a hotel or something. And I didn't do it. So I'm in the room and I'm like trying to shut it down, trying to shut it down, trying to shut it down. And I'm texting Stephen and um, Stephen and I hung out a lot together. And he was like, I'll say some prayers and stuff. Are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. This is really hard. And um, I got to sleep that night. And then the next night when I was sleeping, I actually had a ghost on me, hugging me, touching my boob. I kid you not. And I was like in a deep sleep. And I was like, dude, get off of me right now. Get off of me right now. And I finally shut down the room. I was there Monday night, Tuesday night. And I think that happened Wednesday night. And I shut it down by Thursday. So it took quite a few days to shut it down because the room was so heavy with you know, energy from all the people there. It's a vortex. There's like 11 vortexes on the property. And also from um, when you're a medium, all the ghosts in the area, like you're like a lighthouse and all the ghosts in the area, like, oh, we're going to her room. We're going to her room. We're going to her room. And then I'm holding space for a lot of people. So I'm not in my um, powerful self. You know, I'm like, I, I am, but I'm like holding a lot of space. So it took a while to shut it down, but I finally shut it down, which was great. But even going into the getting sick the next day and telling the client, the student get away because my energy is so sensitive. And then Steven does a lot of shamanism work and I, I respect it completely, but I can't participate in a lot of things. So when he was doing a healing circle, I told him I can't participate. Do you mind? And he's like, he was like talking to me a little bit, but he, we respect each other so much. He's like, no, it's totally fine. I understand that. I said, I'm so sensitive to energy. So they did this healing circle and I stood in the circle and he knew not to call on me. He knew I wasn't going to go in and do any healing. I don't let anybody touch me healing wise, unless I know you and I trust you because the healers that I used to go to, they were very good until I found some of them, they didn't shift their consciousness and they would project onto you what, what there wasn't clean inside themselves. Not everybody knows how to facilitate healings and readings by being clean. Like I don't project my stuff onto people. Now, Steven did a beautiful job. It was absolutely magnificent. It's not my area of expertise and it's not for me to participate. I don't um, relate to the earth like a lot of people do. I relate more to dimensions, space, planets, things like that. And Anna Marie is all like trees and plants. So they are perfect, right? But we had so much, I have so much respect for the whole process and what he did. And the students got so much out of it, the participants. But at some point I was in it and uh, spirit told me to leave and I left and I missed what went down a lot. Something went down. I'm not going to share it because it's all private to the participants there. And it was a beautiful facilitation for the person who went through it and the people that were there, they were able to help facilitate it. Right. So I shouldn't have been in that room anyway at that point. Right. Because it was so powerful. It wouldn't have been good for me at all. And spirit knew to get me out of the room. So I came back in. And there was a lot of tears and one of my students broke down completely. And this was a really beautiful moment because she's standing there and one of my NLL students, you know, they're all friends, right? This is all NLL. So one of my NLL people crying, the other one comes over and hugs her. I ran over to hug her and I was like, baby bear, 
you know, because I feel like a mama bear with them. And then all the other NLO people came in and were in this incredible group hug, just holding her as she's like letting everything release. She needed to let everything release. She's had so much going on. She's so gifted and she's like blazing in this world. But this is the support you need, right? You're growing, you're expanding, you're getting bigger. And you need people who see you, celebrate you and support you. So we were all hugging and then other people came in on the outside, but the, the seven of us were like, wow, you know, on top of each other, just like this, you know, really protective. So it was a really magical experience to, to witness that and how we support each other. And, and everybody was beautiful there. I'm not saying anything. Everybody was beautiful. It was really, really lovely experience. Absolutely lovely. So Thursday night, I think it was Thursday night, we had a signed book. We, we said we would sign books. So we pitched our program, right? And, um, we were all pitched programs and wasn't, it wasn't a sales pitchy thing. We jam packed that thing with information, but we wanted to give people the opportunity to continue on with us. So we took like 45 minutes to just share what our programs were at the very end. And then we went to dinner and then everybody was to come back and sign books. So I went to my table, my empty table, and I sat there and people were getting online for Steven and Anna Maria and wait, I got to drink some water. So hold on. <clears throat> and I said to God something that I used to say all the time. I was like, okay, that's good. I had no jealousy. I didn't think bad about myself. And I was like, okay, bring to me those who are seeking on the highest spiritual path. Whoever wants their book signed by me. I, first of all, I don't even like signing things like that, to be honest with you. But I was like, um, whoever wants their book signs, they'll get their book signed. And that's fine with me. And then somebody came over and I can't remember who it was. And then somebody else came over and I started signing books, but because there weren't any, wasn't really anybody on my line, I started giving little mini readings and I was writing something special for each person. And then I looked up and there were a few more people on the line. And, um, so I was just doing my thing. And then two of my NLO students were right there and they were like, can you hurry it up? And I'm like, okay, why? And they were like, because everybody is here for you. And I didn't realize there was a long line. People were sitting on the floor. They were waiting. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. And it was really a very humbling experience because I was there <laughs> for quite some time. I was there really long. Like Anna Marie and Stephen, like, Stephen's like, can I go? I know you need a ride, but can I go? And I'm like, you can go. It's fine. And um, I signed all the books and I went back to my room and I was like, oh my goodness, like I have to learn how to receive. It's been one of the most difficult things for me. And so what I struggle with in all the time that I've been doing this work is when people come to me and they say, you've changed my life. And normally what I would say to people is you did it. I said something in the reading, you heard it and changed your life. Now, many times things came through in the readings that they didn't know. And it was kind of crazy what happened. And, but it, it was crazy in a good way. It was like, how could that possibly be? And it was crazy in a good way. And then it came true and their lives changed like big things. But I just always felt spirit work through me. And then I felt the person listened and received it. And then the life changed, right? And you have to be willing to receive in order for your life to change the reading and the material and everything. So I was like, you know what? And people like said to me, I came here purposely just to, you know, to see you. And I'm sure Anna Marie and Stephen had that too with their students, right? So this is nothing about them because they are, were, were all beautiful souls. But I was like, I've got it. And one woman was coming who I love so much. And she was going to like stay in her. She didn't have a hotel room. We'll just say that. And she shared it with other people. So I think she's fine about it because she had no shame. But she's like, 
at the very last minute, she's like, I really want to come and I wanted to see you and you have to realize how much you've changed my life. And I started realizing when I went back to my room, I have to learn how to receive this. I have to realize that the work I do really changes people's lives and I have to be okay with that. And I have to be able to receive it on an even bigger and greater level. So I think that was actually, I don't know what night that was. That was Thursday night, I think. And Friday, I implemented it in my lesson to them. And I shared with them, like, you think you're ready to receive. But if there's a thousand students out there that want to know you, are you going to be able to receive that? If there's a million people out there that want to know you or are commenting or saying, I love you because you've changed my life, are you able to receive that? And I recognize there's a difference, right? So my next level living students, I have coaching clients. They pay a good amount of money for me and they have Boxer support, which is an app that they can communicate to me through. They never use it ever. I'm like, why don't you use Boxer support? You're paying for it. They never use it because they're so self-sufficient. And I realized that this retreat, like I shifted my audience last year, as many of you know, and I've shifted to an audience that is very self-sufficient, that isn't needy, that is really on the journey, and they're recognizing the work that they're doing with me. And one of my, um, Donna, who you've gotten to know quite a bit on this podcast, because I've interviewed her twice, and I'll be interviewing her again, because she's got a couple of books coming out. Donna said a couple of things to me. Um, I gave everybody a guide. And I'm going to start releasing these new guides. They were just channeled to me. And she said, you know, you've covered the guides in the first day. But then it was all about the clairvoyancy and clairaudience and working the gifts. And this one woman who was looking to join Next Level Living, she said, I don't, we were doing experiential readings. People were doing readings. And she said, I don't really want to do readings. And I was like, oh, we don't do readings in Next Level Living. I totally forgot. Like I was teaching something I don't normally teach anymore because what we teach in Next Level Living is a whole other level. And Donna said, yeah, you know, we don't. Marilyn works with us on channeling. We work with our guides. And I didn't even realize it because I don't know how to explain next level living to people, which is a problem. And this isn't a next level living pitch. Just bear with me a second. And so Donna said, you know, you touched on the guides the first day, but we really didn't come back to them. And I was like, oh my goodness, you're totally right. I think she told me that Thursday. So I brought it back in Thursday night um, in the readings. I brought the guides back in. And I realized like this has been my platform for years, teaching about guides. But last year when I decided to no longer work with the person who I have to drag a horse to the water, drag people to the water, like I can't work with those people anymore, I'm done. And when I decided that, I shut a door to what I'm really good at, teaching people how to elevate their gifts, use their instrument and speak to their guidance, whatever you call it. And this retreat and hearing what they had to say taught me, oh yeah, higher conscious guides. That's what I teach. I teach people how to get in touch with the higher consciousness guidance. And it was just a really good like mirror back to everything. And what I also, so getting on this is I'm learning my, about myself as a teacher, as I go into this new like iteration of myself. And also I'm learning how to um, receive the accolades that people give me. And, and it's not from ego, right? It's like, yeah, I am really good at what I do. Like Stephen was sitting there going, I'm really good at what I do is what he was saying about himself. And he, it wasn't from ego. It was from ownership. And I was like, yeah, and I, I get it. And I say that too. I'll say to people, you know, readings are like now strategy sessions are 750. I'm actually going to be $800 for 60 minutes if you want a strategy session. My coaching's more than that. And I have no qualms about charging that, none. 
because I know that people's lives are going to change in that 60 minutes. And it's the same with classes, right? But now it's becoming on a mass level. And people are acknowledging things that I write and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, I have to learn as a teacher how to receive and be grounded in it and open up the door even more to receive even more. And I will tell you that I've seen people do this, spiritual teachers, they go into an ego state or once they start, you know, doing super well, they lose touch with reality or they lose touch with people. My therapist said something to me and I'm sharing all of this because I'm hoping that you see something in yourself. It's not about, it's not only about me, it's about you. And that's anytime I share my stories, I shared a lot of powerful moments with people that they came up to me individually. And they said, I said to at one point, um, you may not want to continue with us, which is fine with one of us, but I do not want to see you six months from now in the same place you've been in, because I see that over and over and over again, when people don't join a program, they don't have accountability. And then they're in the same place when I see them a year from now. So you are not allowed to be in the same place six months from now. And this woman came up to me and she said, when you said that, man, it really shook me. Still didn't join my program. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not going to drag horses to water. I just can't do it. Right. Um, and then she was great. She was a wonderful person. They were all wonderful people. And then there's different things that I said that were very powerful. So I knew when I said this about the receiving, they heard that too. And that's what I hope for all of you. So it's really important for me because I see this with a lot of these spiritual teachers. They lose, like I said, they lose base touch um, base with humanity. So a couple of weeks ago, I finally found a therapist, as we all know, that knows how to work with intuitive. She's an intuitive psychotherapist. She is a therapist and she really works in all these different realms. And so I feel very, very supported in where I'm going. And I feel like she's great. And she said to me uh, before I went on the retreat, she said, I want to thank you for all the space you hold for humanity. You deeply love humanity. And I can't remember exactly what she said, but she really saw me in that moment. She's like, you love people so deeply. And I really want to thank you for that, for how much you care about all of us, because you do. And I was like, wow, thank you. I didn't even say anything because I had to receive that, right? And then when I was at the retreat, I, I came to tears a few times. And a couple of the times was, I wish you all could see what I see in you. I, I see the power. I see the gifts. I see the magnificence. I want you to sit in it. I want you to be it. I want you to stop hesitating, going out and doing whatever it is you do. Lead with your heart. And it doesn't mean you have to have a full-blown business. Leading with your heart means having richer relationships. It means self-care. It means taking care of yourself. It means having fun, joy, having a bigger and greater life. I don't want to hear, you know, I'm 67, I'm 75. Who cares? You can have that life at any moment. And so there was a few moments when I was really at tears and, and this girl, woman who was thinking of joining Next Level Living and we were talking and she said, you know, my mother and I, I'm actually talking to the mother too. The, my mother and I see how much you really love people. And I can tell you and how much you care. And somebody even said to me, you're, you're so sweet. And I used to have such a hard time when people said I was sweet. I'd be like, what do you fucking mean I'm sweet? Fuck you. You know, I'd be like, can't tell me that, but I'm learning how to drop my guards. I'm learning how to be more vulnerable. I'm learning how to be more transparent. I'm learning how to be in my heart more. I'm learning how to love fully. And it feels wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Another woman who's very sweet came up to me and she's actually a working psychic and was a participant and so respectful, so sweet. We were also respectful of each other. 
And she said, you know, she started giving me unsolicited readings, which I don't really like, but she was very sweet in her delivery that I didn't say anything to her. And I could tell she cared. And she said, you know, your, your emotions are all up at the surface. And she was kind of like telling me it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's okay. I, I'm letting my emotions out. I'm letting people see my vulnerability. I'm done with hiding it. It's what's making me even more magical. It's what's making me have a more magical life. It's okay to be vulnerable. I think we protect ourselves so much and we're not supposed to. We're supposed to lead with our heart and our vulnerability. So moving the story along, um, it was an absolutely incredible experience. I, I loved everybody there. Not everybody was right for next level living. So although I made the pitch to everyone, I didn't make individual conversations with people because I just knew there were people that would not fit in that program. They weren't ready for it. Let me, I don't want to say it that way because everybody's on their own journey. And that sounds like I'm better than you. It just wouldn't have been the right program for them. How's that? Um, but the people I did talk to and did meet with and some are meeting with me next week, um, I think that the most of them will be great for it. I don't hard sell this program. We have to sit and make sure it's the right program for both of us because I'm so now I'm even more protective of this energy. When I saw these women, they went on, they, they left the retreat and went to another place. They started, they, they stayed together. They're like, they're like, Marilyn, please have retreats just for us. And I said, well, I want to do that, but I want to invite in other people too. And then you can facilitate and show things that you guys do because you're channelers and you're healers and you're, you do art. You're like all incredible. Like we have scientists and vets. People don't understand that. Not people aren't in there just to be readers. There's very few people are living their life and they're learning how to live a fuller life. And I don't know how to get this message out. Right. And that's the other thing I'll share in a second, but they went off. And now that I saw how they are, like one of them said to me, she's so beautiful. Um, she said, I want to thank you so much for how much you care about our group that you just don't let anyone in. And I was like, no, I'm not going to. Plus, it wouldn't be fair to the person and it wouldn't be fair to you guys and it wouldn't be fair to me. I'm done with it's not mass teaching. This is teaching to I can hold a, I can hold a big container for sure, because I know how to do that. I've done it before with 400, 500 people in membership for oh, 450. I think is the highest we had at one point. And I know how to make everybody feel touched and felt. But it's the right people for the right moment. It's got to be right for the people, too. So um, there was another story I was going to tell you about that. but. So watching that, knowing that, I know what I was going to tell you, being able to describe what you do. I don't know how to describe what I do. So during my telling them people about next level living, I only did tell you, we only did it one day for like an hour. They, they would jam. Everybody was like, can we have more breaks next time? Because we jam packed them with incredible teachings. Incredible. We heard plants sing. Anna Marie had a plant sing. You know, it was just amazing the work that we did. And, um, but the day that I, we shared and I shared about next level living, I let my, my students, my posse stand up and tell their experience. And it was, I had to receive again. I had to receive what they said. And they were like, Marilyn sees us. Marilyn hears us. Marilyn celebrates us. She doesn't let us hide. And I wish we recorded it because I was like, oh man, I got to interview you guys so I can rewrite that product page. Cause I don't even know how to explain this program. So it's not the Marilyn show right now. I'm just sharing with you from a very transparent place as a teacher, my own lesson of, wow, I'm changing people's lives. Can I accept that? Can I accept that about myself, accept that about my work and celebrate it and get it even to more out to more people? Yes, I can. So I had all these experiences and I have a big support system. You need a support system, right? I have a therapist, right? I have my higher self. I have my guides. 
I have the people in NLL to reflect back to me, you know, they were giving me feedback on certain things. And I was like, great, you know, give me the feedback and what worked and what didn't work. And it's really wonderful how they share. It's never like, nah, 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 nah. like they don't complain, they laugh and they're like, this is it. Um, I had Steven and Anna Maria there, you know, and, and, and we're friends and stuff. And uh, Steven and I really bonded because he picked me up from the airport and dropped me off and we had breakfast together and just laughed a ton. There's a whole woodpecker story I'm not even going to get into. So when I was leaving, um, I was at the airport and I was in the airport and I went into the bathroom. I didn't share this on Facebook when I wrote about it. And I just stood in the stall thinking about going home and I started crying. And I was so happy to be going home. And I felt all this love inside of me for going to my home. And I realized in that moment how Marin has become my home. <laughs> so I left the bathroom and I sat down and I wrote this beautiful post on Facebook. And I want to read you the last lines because I want to explain something to you. So I have to, I didn't know I was going to do this. I never know what I'm going to do until I come on here, um, which may drive some of you crazy and unsubscribe and others may be like, yeah, I kind of like the flow. It's a little crazy and you know, whatever she doesn't, I don't, I don't have perfectionism gene. I just don't have that gene. Some of you may be like, can you get the gene, the perfectionism gene? So I wrote this, this whole experience, right? I said, at the airport in Palm Springs, I stand still thinking about heading home. I didn't tell him I was in a bathroom stall and grow teary eyed. I'm happy to be going home. It's taken a long time for me to feel like Marin is my home. I'm so grateful for the beauty that surrounds me every day, the amazing tennis, good food, friends, and neighbors. One of the hardest things when I moved was finding borders for my animals. Venus is happily socializing in an amazing facility, such an incredible place. They met, they met Micah once and loved him. He shortly passed after. And they sent me a card signed by their workers and donated to Shepherd Rescue. I found a new cat sitter. She is wonderful. Every day she sent videos of my cats. We facilitated a beautiful retreat, Anna Maria Vasquez, Stephen Farmer, and I. Lovely people. We laughed, cried, bonded, and most importantly, expanded and loved. My heart is so full as I sit waiting to head to my happy home. A place I chose to live long before I knew it existed. And there's so much truth in that. Like I chose this place, spirit chose this place for me long before I knew it existed. And when I was deciding to move to Marin and asking them, should I move to Marin? Should I move to Marin? They wouldn't give me a yes or no. And most of you know the story. So I was in a meditation. And I was like, well, you just show me a sign. Should I go to Marin? Should I go to Marin? And they showed me a yellow and black butterfly. And I was like, I was so pissed off at them. I was like, fine, you're not going to give me an answer. I stopped the meditation. And I was like, I'm going to go for a hike. And I went out my front door and what's flying around my front yard is a big yellow and black butterfly. Like I've never seen before. I've never seen these butterflies before. And I was like, oh, I meant to move to Marin. And one of the things my guides told me is you, if you only knew how happy you would be, you wouldn't hesitate to leave. If you only knew how happy you're going to be, you'd never hesitate to leave. Now, many of you know, like the first couple of years here were very hard for me, but not once. Did I regret my decision? Not once did I say to my guides, why did you send me here? I knew I was on this expansive, incredible journey. I just knew it. And as hard as it was, and as I wasn't understanding, and I was going into all these circles and trying to meet people. And I was like, you're a bitch, you're a bitch, you're a bitch. You know, I just wasn't having the best experiences. 
And I was very open hearted when I came here. I was really ready to meet people. I, that's my experience all the time. I've said this before. I, I, I have friends for over 40 years. I gather friends and I keep friends. And um, I never said to my guides, why did you send me here? Never once. And I recognized in that moment that home is where the heart is. That Micah's passing opened my heart in a way, when he came into my life, he opened my heart in a way that I can't describe. And when he left, he left my heart big and open, so expansive and big. And what I realized is my whole life, I have looked for home. I grew up in a fucked up house that was falling apart, was just screaming and yelling and fighting all the time. And one of the first therapists I had, I was living in Manhattan. She was like, you don't have a home. You need to develop a home, create a home. And I invited all my college friends over and they helped me decorate my house. Like we went to Bed Bath & Beyond and we went places and I was like, I need a home. Can you guys help me? And then I moved in with this guy who was so great with home that he decorated the apartment we lived in and he made a home. And then he moved out and there were like books on the floor and he took the bookshelf and the can opener and, you know, and then the home's disrupted. And then they bombed friggin' World Trade Center, my home, you know, all of our homes in our hearts. We were all affected by that. I'm, I'm not, I'm very aware of that, but Manhattan was my home. And I left Manhattan right away. I went to LA and there were moments in LA where I loved it because I had so many people from New York and I really loved the lifestyle there. It took a long time to like LA too. And then I came to Marin and I loved the nature right away. And there was tons of tennis and hiking and you know, there was just so much that I wanted that sang to my heart. But it wasn't until standing in the stall, bathroom stall at the Palm Spring Airport that I was like, oh, home really is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. And I felt so peaceful and good in that moment. I still do. And I knew this big transformation has been happening to me where I'm finding more peace in the moment, more love and more grace for people and not trying to change people around me and try and accepting them more because I accept myself. So I came home and uh, went and picked up Venus and they said she did great. And I was just so happy that she's got that place. And uh, I went and played tennis the next morning and they, you know, one of them saw my post and she was like, oh, are you not going to Seattle now? And I was like, oh, she doesn't get the message. And I said, no, I'm still looking at Seattle, but I'm very, feel very settled here. I'm very happy. It's such a great way to look for a new home, right? I don't feel like I have to get out tomorrow. And I'm like, no, I'm still exploring Seattle. I'm still getting houses. Just got a list of houses today. Still going to go up there and check it out. I'm still watching their weather patterns, but I'm good here. And um, then this other guy that I'm friends with, he's always telling me what to do. I really liked him a lot. He's like, you got to go there for a month, Marilyn, please, you know? And he's like advising me. And I'm like, don't worry, I'm, I'm going to do that. Don't worry. But I'm like, stop telling me what to do because I hate when people tell me what to do. Meanwhile, I tell everybody what to do. And at one point we're playing tennis and Venus is on the court and they love Venus. And actually the woman who said, oh, you're not moving. She's actually one of my emergency contacts because all during my time here, if anything happened to me, I didn't know what would happen to my animals. And my neighbor next door, we shared each other's emergency contacts and I still didn't know what to tell her. 
and she's an older woman and she's like, are the dogs going to be okay with me? And I'm like, well, my other neighbor's fine with them. So just have them come in. But I was like, where would they take the dogs? Where would they take the cats? What would they do? And it's been like a little fear in me the whole time. And I was like, I now have three emergency contacts, three women that I play tennis with. I, I contacted all of them. And I said, would you mind being an emergency contact? Come in and get my dog. Um, I have a cat sitter now. And I said, you would just take them to the facility that they go to. And they were like, yeah, don't worry about it. And then one girl who I play tennis with, she felt so honored to be asked. And it was so sweet. And so I gave the information to my neighbor. And she's, so now she doesn't have to worry about it. She just would call one of them. They would come in and Venus knows them all. Venus loves them. And then when I get a puppy, I'll have the cat sitter who will be the dog sitter. And then puppy will be used to the facility because I am getting a puppy. And I was like, oh my goodness, like everything's fine. So I'm sitting on the tennis court. It's a beautiful day in Marin. I'm having a great fun. This is a group that I play with every Sunday. And I just stopped. <laughs> and I said to them, I love you guys. And <laughs> they don't know what to do with me because one minute I'm yelling, the next minute I'm expressing my love. And I just looked at them and I said, I really love you guys. I love you. And <laughs> then I just played because they didn't know what to do with that. And it didn't matter. They were, they of course received it. You know, we all acknowledged it, but it wasn't like, I love you too, Marilyn. And I didn't need that. I didn't say it for that reason. It's, a, it's an unspoken truth with us. And it might be a different love. It might be a love where you don't understand. I'm not going to have deep spiritual conversations with you, but I don't need to. I don't need to have those conversations with you. That's what I love about tennis. We don't have to have those conversations. I have another client of mine and she plays tennis and we totally relate. And she, I can't wait till she gets her book out there. And I'm like, please do a podcast. She has such a great take on the dynamics of tennis that are going to help everybody. Like she's such, such a phenomenal person. And we talk about it all the time because we relate to it. And we both agree that we like the tennis court because it's not those deep spiritual conversations. We get to be silly. We get to be angry that a shot didn't go in. We get to be mad at ourselves because we did something that like, oh, why did we do that? And then we get to look at our own human behavior and be like, why are we yelling at ourselves? You know, it's always like, Marilyn, do better than that. Or, you know, focus. And, and, and it's all this human behavior. And it's totally okay. So that's my story. My story is, and I'm going to give you three points. My story is learn how to receive Learn how to receive so that you could step in your power and be the magnificent you are. That's two right there. Because if you can't receive the love, the accolades, the acknowledgement that you've changed someone's life, you won't be able to lead with what you're really good at. And then the third point is, because that's two points, learn how to receive, learn how to be powerful and in your power. Home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. So wherever you are is home and take that with you. Like I've always known I would never leave Marin the way I left LA. LA I had to get out of. I don't feel that way about Marin anyway. I've never felt that way about Marin. I felt like my life couldn't get started sometimes until I left Marin. And then I stopped that nonsense. And I started really living here. And now I'm just like, okay, I'm going to bring home wherever I go. And it's such an easier place to be. So if I decide I go to Seattle and I'm like, yeah, Seattle's for me. And I continue to go back there and I will find borders before I move. I will find vets before I move. I don't know about doctors because I still use my doctors in LA, but there are certain things I'm going to find way before I move. And then if I decide to move there, 
home comes with me. And that's the beauty of it all. All right, guys. As always, I'm going to say, rate, review, subscribe. It really helps to get these messages out there. And I really want to get these messages out there. I don't want to hide anymore. And the other thing is, matter of fact, oh, I had to tell them a story. Everybody kept telling me about this woman that was there and she just Googled it and came to the retreat. And I'm like, she just Googled it and trusted it and came to the retreat and she didn't know any of us. And so I was like, what's her name? And they told me her name and I went and sat her out because I was like, I got to talk to this woman. I want her to feel comfortable. She doesn't know us. And I talked to her and it was actually me she knew. And she didn't know how she found me, but she read my book and she found me. And then she wanted to go to the desert and she needed a retreat because she was in a transformation. Beautiful, beautiful soul. And um, she came to the retreat and she was the one who was going to work with me and then decided to go with Anna Maria first and thought it was a great decision. I think she'll be in my pro. She'll be great in my program too, but Anna Maria is incredible for what she wants to do with plants and, and trees. And that's Anna Maria's nature's a thing. Right. And, um, but it was so touching that like someone, and, and I've been hearing this more, like people are just finding me. I was on a tele something. The woman's like, I just saw you pop up on Facebook. And I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Spirits. Like I'm not doing any ads. I don't know how she found me on Facebook because I'm not doing any ads. Maybe it's on the business side. So when you get ready to receive and get ready to do your powerful work, the universe responds and gets you in front of the right people. And that's the whole thing. One of the things when I was a reader, I know I'm going longer and I'll end in a second. But when I was a reader, I would always say that somebody taught me this, this lovely, lovely medium Ruth taught me this. She said, ask God send me those who are truly seeking on the highest spiritual path. So that's not mine. She gave it to me. And anytime I was doing readings, I would ask God that. And then sometimes like I, in the beginning, I was uh, booked two weeks in advance until I started like getting six months in advance with a waiting list. Cause I wouldn't do a year. Sometimes I'd be looking at it and my weeks weren't booked. And I'd be like, that's weird. And I'd be like, okay, God, send me those who are truly seeking on the highest spiritual path. And then I'd be booked. And that's what I did with this too. I was like, just send me those who are truly seeking on the highest, who are seeking on, truly seeking on the highest spiritual path. I can't remember exactly how I say it. I never can because it's so in me. And when you lead with that, you're going to attract the right people. And the people that aren't for you, you'll know it and they'll know it and they'll go to somebody who's right for them. And there's so much to go around. There isn't this scarcity where these mediums, one of the reasons why I pulled out of these medium circles, because I'm this, I'm that. You're not that. You can't do this. I do this. Only I do it. We can all do it. You don't own it. God owns it. Source owns it. And if I decide that's what I want to do, I can be it. And so can you. And there's enough people to go around for all of us. So go out there. Be your magnificent self. Be in your power. Learn how to receive the gratitude from other people. And remember home is in the heart. All right, guys, thank you so much. And yes, please, please, please share, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share it with friends, share it. All right. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day or night whenever you're listening to this. Bye.